We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 205. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And I sound softer than you. Is that first? Is I'm, that weird? I, I don't know. Do I sound normal to you? Uh, no, you guys sound fine. I sound soft. Oh, well, turn yourself up. Well, I don't want to because that'll mess up my level. I'm not the technical person. Sounds normal person, to so. me. Okay, well, then it's just me then. I'm like, don't look at me. I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> Shara's like, I don't know anything about it. I just put the headphones on and start talking. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, we were recording this on February 14th, so happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Oh, I had to do that. Wait, I get, where's there? I had to put the birds. So, I was waiting for the birds. Yeah. So what did you two love birds do today? Oh, my gosh. Like, we were so romantic all day long. Oh. Like, we hung around the house. Well, first I got up early and cleaned. Oh, okay. Um, because yeah. we had a pipe burst in our kitchen. Oh, excellent. On Friday. Non, non-freezing weather related. Non-freezing weather. It just, it cracked it or just, something oh, and started God. leaking. Oh, perfect. Um, and got our carpet and our wall and everything all wet. Awesome. So, um, yeah. they came and cut a hole in our wall. To get to the pipe on Friday afternoon, and then they told us we could not use our kitchen sink or our dishwasher all weekend. Oh, that's awesome. And then they put in this really cool, like this mood enhancing fan that drowns out all other noise. Oh, that's like really ambient. Right. And then, you know, because winter's not dry enough, they added a dehumidifier to our house. Oh my gosh. Let's suck what less of the moisture (laughs) you have out of your house what a great weekend so i mean we spent the weekend yelling at each other because we couldn't hear hear. (laughs) and the tv blaring and all of that fun stuff and hand washing dishes in the bathroom sink oh gosh so i got up and cleaned for the guy to come back and fix it today and so they were there for a couple of hours fixing our pipe yeah we did get rid of the fan, but we still have the dehumidifier for uh, a couple of days. They're going to come put the rest of the sheetrock back in our wall and repaint our wall tomorrow. Corey got me some gifts. We're not huge Valentine's people. Okay. Like, some people aren't. Like, here's the thing. Like, it's one of those where it's a frustrating thing to me because I think it's dumb that we have a designated day. Yeah. Like, it's, and, like, we're told we have to go and show love to, you know, I yeah, just... Yeah, so I don't love you 364 days, but right. this day, I'm going to love you. So, I mean, like, Corey pretty much treats me like a queen all year long. Oh. But he does try to, you know, he will ask if there's something I want to do, somewhere mm-hmm. I want to go. He always gets me just some small gifts. We get the kids gifts. Um, but I did request gifts on Valentine's Day. Well, like we get them some chocolates and like a oh, oh, small oh, oh, toy. Yeah. Okay, okay. The older kids got like a gift card to go get Dairy Queen or something. Gotcha. Whatever. Yeah. But, um, but he made my favorite meal. Oh, now what is your favorite meal? Well, it's not my probably my favorite favorite. It's my favorite Valentine's meal. Okay, which he is? makes red and white lasagna. Ooh, that look that sounds like good. Homemade 
from scratch, red and white lasagna. <gasps> oh. So I kind of mentioned it this morning. I was, <laughs> like, I was like, man, I would sure. Actually, I didn't even say what I wanted. Well, I just said, you know what I would love for Valentine's Day for dinner? And he knew. He knew I wanted red and white lasagna. Well, I knew from watching Corey's Facebook feed that they didn't have the ingredients. And you had to, what, you had oh, to go down to Little not. Rock? You My gosh. he drove all the way to Little Rock today? He's, he posted on Facebook, yeah. so it's got to be true. He's a liar. Oh, got pulled he was over. gone. He did was, you get? Pu- he did not get pulled over. Oh my gosh, my feet is full that of was lies. Real. <laughs> you dwell on the I had den a picture of to prove it. Yeah, he was in the car wash line, and the cop pulled in behind him. Oh, you'll notice the lights weren't even on. Well, I, I could have asked him to turn the lights. Well, I was going to say something. It's like. I'm not sure, but I think for sure if you did get pulled over, you would text me with something very weird. But <laughs> I will didn't. say he did have a hard time finding lasagna noodles. Oh, really? The pasta aisle, for the last couple months, actually, for the last several months, I've had a hard time getting pasta. Like, it's very oh, bare. Country, I don't know why. Country Mart Hollister. Well, I mean, like, yeah, he went to Walmart because... Which is almost Arkansas. <laughs> he had to go to Walmart because there was something specific he needed from Walmart. But I don't remember what. But anyway, he found everything he needed oh, at Walmart in Branson. That is so sweet. And washed the car and cleaned it out while he was out. And then we went on a walk. We did. While it was in oh, the oven, we went that for was nice. a 30-minute walk around the neighborhood. Because it was great weather day Beautiful for a walk. out. Oh, my gosh. It was. Yes. That's great. So you got your lasagna, you got your exercise. Yeah, but we, we ser- I served it nice. We had some did, piano music um, playing in the background. He turned oh. all of the lamps to red. Yeah, I, and oh, like I the can outdoor color. lights. He can change all the colors. Oh, because like you're a nerd. Yeah. My kitchen, he just my has living to room, tell my Google. patio. Just, just turn and then red. he played soft romantic music, and he set the table with actual, you know, glass dishes and. We eat on paper. Fine China. We eat on paper a lot me. in our house because we don't like to do dishes. Well, especially this weekend when you have no water. Well, yeah, <laughs> we definitely use paper all weekend. But so that was special. That was really special. So the four-year-old. Well, we invited our oldest over, of course, because yeah. he lives nearby. We're like, Grant, come eat dinner with us. And when he got there, he's like, Grant, come into our. This looks like a fancy restaurant. <laughs> Wow. And then like every time somebody tried to turn a light on because it was so dark. Because I dimmed the light. He dimmed the light. It was kind of dark. We had a candle on our Griffin, Griffin kept saying, we can't turn. There's no lights in the fancy restaurant. <laughs> and then someone would try to talk. He's like, there's no talking in the fancy restaurant. Oh, gosh. And, he, and he's like, what's our restaurant called, Mommy? So we had to come up with a name. Yeah. Uh, well, the the Taylor name? Bistro. And for some reason, my four-year-old felt very out of place. He felt like he should be wearing pants, which he was not. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> he was mad. He runs around in his underwear all day long. Well, he's a four-year-old. But he had a shirt on, and I just never got around to putting pants on him today. Well, you know. And so, yeah, he kind of stood up at one point, and he's like, I can't be in a fancy restaurant without pants on. I'm like, you're fine. You're... He's like, no, I need pants. I'm like, it's really oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Just eat awesome. your food. Well, everybody knows what I do on Super Bowl Sunday, which was yesterday. I go to, Walmart go to Walmart because last year I went, there were 10, maybe 10 people in the entire store because well, everybody's Because yeah, the Chiefs were in it last year. So that's what I was thinking. The Chiefs were not in it this year. There was a lot of people at Walmart. So I was very Nobody disappointed. Nobody really cared this year. Yeah. People were more looking to the halftime show this year than they were. the. I didn't watch anything. 
I am so uninterested in football. We went to, um, we have, a, our church does small groups, and we went to our small group Super Bowl party, but it was so loud. Oh, yeah. Okay, like they had a TV going upstairs that was blaring and a TV going downstairs that was blaring, and then all the people trying to talk over it, and, and I love the commercials, and we couldn't- Well, that's the way to do it, yeah. We couldn't hear the commercials. Oh, because it- <laughs> We couldn't hear the halftime show, and I mean, it was just so loud, and mind you- I have listened to large industrial-sized fans and dehumidifiers That's right. blowing nonstop in my house all weekend. Oh, no. And then to go there with more noise, I was kind of done. I like We left after the halftime. I was just like, you know what? It's bedtime for the littles. It's school night. Let's just go home. Let's and just we went go. home and finished watching the game in the halfway quiet. I was going to say kind of quieter A area. little quieter. <laughs> Wow. See, I just, I am not into the big, you know, Super Bowl party or We've group, always had like a, or, just a few friends over that we could all comfortably. Yeah, no, that's cool. People you're comfy around. That, you know, people I you like can that. just hang out on the couch and be cool with. But, and talk at this level. And then, you know. Yeah, or like every time the commercial comes on, it's like, oh, commercial. Okay, yeah, yeah. Everybody be quiet. <laughs> and, yeah, that didn't happen here. <laughs> Oh, I, I didn't even see the halftime. I feel badly because now I'm looking on Facebook. It's like, that's the best halftime show ever. I don't well, even know who is it. Well, but if you aren't nah. in that, if you aren't in that age range, you have to be between 30 and 45 to 50 to really so it's, have it's appreciated. So it's approaching millennial type of... Uh, no, Not millennial, probably, maybe gen, gen, more Gen X. Gen X, okay. It's probably some, like probably millennial to Gen I X. I wasn't in it into that stuff we you know. weren't rap people but i no, mean I but know. i recognize the song i think snoop snoop was in it yeah snoop okay rap. well i mean i recognize the songs because you know they were like on the radio and stuff when we were younger but right like that wasn't our style of music anyway yeah i don't know well my valentine's day i spent with my mother uh she <laughs> well i went up well i mean your yeah. first valentine well yeah, yeah. But before you get all awe, she had a follow-up on her cataract surgery. So, Oh, you <laughs> so spent the day at the doctor. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but they didn't dilate her eyes, so we were only there for like 15 minutes, well, which is great, because normally it's like an hour. My dad um, has sent... Well, when I was in school still, he sent me flowers every year. Just mm. me, It was just me and my sister, and my dad would send us flowers to school and get us a box of chocolates. <laughs> And since I've been married and moved out, he still, every year, oh. mails me my favorite box of chocolates. That is so cool. There's a specific box of chocolates that I like, and he mails them to me every year. They usually show up on Valentine's Day, and this year, we were a little concerned. I was like, we don't have any mail. Like, nothing's showing up. I'm like, maybe it'll be a couple. I mean, I knew I would get it, right? right. but I'm like, eh, maybe it'll be a day late or whatever. <laughs> um my 14-year-old comes home from school at 3.30, whatever, and he comes in the living room with my box of chocolates. Oh. He's like, this is from your dad. I'm like, well, how did you get it? Well, Grayson, our 20-year-old that's going to college in Oklahoma right. and living with my mom and dad, came to visit for a couple of days last week. Oh. So he brought the... Ch- I was so proud that they kept it a secret. Like... You know, boys they don't, pulled it off. Well, yeah, like boys don't care. I mean, I'm probably no, she probably care. didn't say they had to wait till Valentine's Day. She well, she probably, probably threatened them. Do not. She probably care. just said, "Here, take these to your mom since you're going, and save me some postage." You know. Yeah, and wait till Valentine's Day. <laughs> I doubt she even said wait till Valentine's Day, but they did. Oh, that's. I so was sweet. so proud that Grayson brought him last week. It was like last Wednesday that's that he came awesome. into town. Wow! And then Garen hid them and kept them hidden from me and brought them. I'm surprised the little one didn't get in. 
into I, he it. He wouldn't have even known they were there. Ah, that, they would have kept smart. it secret from them too. That's smart. So, Corey, what did you get for Valentine's Day? A, a beautiful wife to look at. Oh. A beautiful bride. Wait. Actually, I got a. Uh, there, I got to do the birds. So I got a. Uh, a shower caddy. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I made lemon cake. It's something to put my or her shampoo in. Oh, yeah. So I can still have room for my razor and all my man things in there. Because mm-hmm. I have a wireless speaker, and I have to put all her shampoo in the floor of the shower to put my wireless speaker all in there. All my shampoo. You a, it's, act it's, like it's, I have, like, <laughs> bottles and bottles of it's, shampoo. It's a, spe- oh it's a Bluetooth speaker, so I can play. Yeah, it sounds great. But I take it kayaking. It's waterproof, so I can take it in the shower with me. Ah. So now I have a place for that and my razor, and I can just. And her shampoo. I've got a new shower and... mirror that doesn't fog up, so I can shave in the shower, and I don't get hair all over her sink. Does it got a little windshield wiper on it that get the fog no. off? No. But I've never seen it fog up, though, either. Because it's fog Fogless. free. Yeah. Oh, it has some go. type of coating on it. I was going to say, wait, why wait, don't they make all mirrors that way? Wait, wait. Oh, all bathroom mirrors should be made. Fog free. Well, yeah, but that didn't work. So, wait, is this a, is this a weather podcast? I don't know. Wait I feel minute. like I've just been talking the whole time, though, so I'm gonna <laughs> shut up now. Well, no, you're fine. It it is it is Valentine's Day. We were recording this. It is about uh, nine o'clock right now. But yeah, as you mentioned earlier, you went out walking. It was really nice outside. It was beautiful. Uh, it was I, so I think sunny. we got. We didn't get to sixty. I don't think. Did we not? I, when the sun was out this afternoon. Uh, our, See, I was in Springfield. I thought so we did. Well, did we? I mean, yeah. see, Corey's got the information well, on that. Ooh. You know, they put that new pipe in, and then they have to use that special glue and stuff. So it was a very strong aroma oh, yeah. in our house. Yeah. Like, I, enough I, to I, give I, you a headache. So it was nice out, and we just opened the windows and opened the sliding glass door. Today, and, yeah, yeah, we got 63.7. Oh, really? Tomorrow should be a little nicer than that. And we walked when the sun went down, or it was going down. It was about 5.30 when we went walking. Oh, I'm sure it was And it was, was perfect because, you know, it was like slightly chilly, but once you get to walking, you're hot. That's like disc golf, right. So it was perfect because it kept you cool. I, I put my, my flannel shirt on and I have my sweats and I go out and like after the third, you know, throw a disc golf and walking, it's like, okay, this is gone. I'm, I'm done. So like I, I had just a sweatshirt and some leggings and yeah, I was hot. Well, I can always tell if it's warmer outside because my... Okay, the thermostat for my house is upstairs, and my window, my front window, faces the south, so the sun comes in. So if the heater doesn't kick on, then I know it's warm outside and warming the inside, which makes it really cold in the basement. So uh, that's why I had the heat, a little space heater running. Because share is always cold. <laughs> yeah, well, share is always cold, so I turned the little space heater on. But this all is in response to uh, what I want to start getting into, the big midweek storm. The title of this episode is Valentine's and Midweek Storm. It's got, we're going to start... That's so creative. Yeah. Well, don't you think? <laughs> How did you ever come up with that? Uh, you, you, you know, uh, two minutes of just like, you know, cleaning. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, tomorrow... The the storm is actually going to come in on Wednesday, but tomorrow we're going to start feeling the effects because we're going to have a strong south-to-southwest wind kick in. Temperatures are going to be, like Corey said, warmer than the other day. I don't think we're going to hit 70, but I think mid to upper 60s, if the sun stays out, I think that's probably a pretty good bet. 
I mean, it's winter right now. So it's let's dead of winter right now. Clarify what kind of storm you're talking. Well, this storm this could be snow. This could be tornado. This could be thunderstorm. <laughs> like, come on now, let's clarify. What are we seeing? We're going to see everything. I should I should give that quote from the Oklahoma City meteorologist. Oh, oh do, 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 do. Yeah. So Oklahoma weather Wednesday night is going to do all of this. 50 plus mile an hour winds, ice, near blizzard conditions, single d- digit wind chill index, severe storms with tornado threat. How can we have a tornado if it's so cold? Well, it's got to warm up at some point during the well, day. Well, it's on it's, the southern side of that front. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's going to be 60s up here, it's going to be 70s and 80s down there yeah. pulling up. Okay. Yeah. And you get severe weather, not where the temperature is necessarily. It's the dynamic of that temperature. Right. The, you know, so that's why you can have you know, tornadoes yeah. in January. So we're going to see like a montage of all the different kinds of weather right. all in one day. Yeah. Now, I, I have to say. It's a wide area, though. Yeah, it's a very like, wide are area. Are we going to have flooding? Because then that would just top it off. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Actually, yes. <laughs> I mean, if we don't have flooding, we don't have them yeah, all. The only thing we're not going to have is a tsunami. Which is good. <laughs> I mean, unless there's I mean, an earthquake over Table Rock I Lake. I say, unless we have an earthquake <laughs> underneath Table Rock somewhere. Don't yeah. say that. No, yeah, don't. Because <laughs> in order for a tsunami to happen out of that, it would have to break that dam, and we don't want that. No. And all of Branson would be underwater. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in that sometimes. I talked to uh, uh, the, uh, what is it, the Corps. Marine Corps. Oh, sorry, Marine so the Corps of Engineers. I no, I kept the, like that's worked. the army. Not no, Marines. it's the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, yeah, like like the Marine crew and the Army Corps of Engineers. So they told me some stuff. I need to verify because it's been so long since they told me. But um, I think they said if that dam would break, we would have 14 minutes before it would reach downtown. So we would have 14 minutes. And that's a. Sp- now we're talking the spillway or the dam. The actual dam, if the dam, because the I'm like dam. even thinking there's a spillway, there and is. even if that spillway oh, were yeah, to that'd go, be, yeah, that'd, that'd be would pretty fl- bad flooding. It would be yeah, so, almost catastrophic yes. if they have to it open would be the spillway because they're going to open the spillway before they let the dam break to just protect to re- the yes, dam. Yes, yes, in order they to protect would. the integrity of the dam. Now I I could be wrong because I'm thinking maybe it's seven minutes. I don't know. It's, fourteen it's, sounds it's, like it's, a I lot. I say fourteen to me. sounds like too much. Maybe it's it doesn't seven. Take water See, long it's, to... it's been so long. So I worked at the showboat. You're, th- and... you're talking ten gates, fully busting a lake. Not I even gate. I'm talking if the dam right, breaks. Right. Like I'm saying, there's it goes off. It's all the way across. I need. 10 I need. Gates, I need so to verify that. Most of the dam is actually. And downtown is not that far from the dam. Yeah. Just the spillway is basically the concrete. You know, there's a big part of that. Just earth. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. There's just a concrete. I don't know. Let let let's back up on that. Let me let, let me talk to my marine crew people that I know because they told me I worked there in 2002. That was 20 years ago. But so it's I, like, remember, I don't remember everything. like doing one of those tours where they explained maybe it's four minutes. I they that they would open the spillway. Mm-hmm. To protect the dam from breaking, For, right? If but they the knew. spillway itself would do some pretty major damage. Yeah, to because, because of the way they designed it. I mean, it is it's it's like a small dam basically. Right, so, basically. So if it comes out, yeah, we, we we would get inundated, but not the magnitude as if the actual dam were. Anyway, that's not going to happen. For a thousand years, so we're not going <laughs> to do that. But uh, where was I going with this? I was we were talking with, about the the day we were going to get all the weather, and I said, hopefully not flooding. Oh, you said flooding. That's what it is. Um, and we said, yeah, hopefully th- not a tsunami. This storm, 
Okay, the models have been looking at this storm and kind of guessing where all this is going to go because until today, the storm system in question was still out in the Pacific. It was just kind of guessing. See, it wasn't even on shore, and we can't send weather balloons up there to uh, to sample that storm. So now what we're going to... I'm looking for something because it's really, 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 really cool. Uh Okay, well, I'm going to talk, and then I'll, then I'll let you talk, and I can look for it. Um, so it's now on, on shore, and the, uh, the, the, the upper network work, we can send balloons up there now, is what I'm trying to say, and sample this storm. And it is an intense storm. So I'm going to look for that uh, WPC analysis here shortly, Corey. But, uh, yeah, it's a very intense storm. And that storm now... All the data that they're learning from this storm can be fed into all the computer models. So now the computer models can say, okay, now we see the dynamics of the storm. Now we're going to see, try to figure out where it's going to go. So the latest I saw, when, uh, and I'm reading the uh, area forecast discussion uh, from the uh, National Weather Service, they were saying the latest analysis is it's moving back north a little bit. If that happens, if this low moves more north than the current projected track, then Branson and Southern Missouri is going to be in a better severe potential. So that's kind of what we're looking at. We still don't know what's going to go on because none of the models are really in exact proportion right now. The Canadian model, the CMC, is really wanting to push this cold air way south. It had heavy snow for Miami, Oklahoma, heavy snow for northwest Arkansas, uh, and then far southern Missouri. The GFS did not say that. They said just rain, and then it's going. the low is going to go and move off towards uh, St. Louis. So right. what, what are you seeing? Uh, well, Probably basically the same thing. You uh, Right now the GFS doesn't have any type of winter precipitation coming down quite this far. Uh, about I-44 is where it has it stopping, possibly some storms. I think that's why they move that uh, marginal risk a little further up to the north. That makes sense. That t- Yeah, yeah. and that's the other thing I want to say. The Storm Prediction Center is actually in this, this game. Now, the last storm we had a couple of weeks ago, there was no thunder. We're going to have some, like, thermodynamics going on now because, you know, if we get dew points in the 50s and possibly 60s, we're going to have potential for... I just need some lightning, thunder and lightning, even if it's just a gentle general storm. Just something, I know. (laughs) I could use a nice rainy night. And and timing wise, what do you think on timing? It looks like it could be overnight. I me. know, and that that right there mitigates a lot of that dynamics. Right. But this is a pretty potent system. Okay, I found that graphic, the WC uh, WPC Weather Prediction Center graphic. Uh, this was, I think, yesterday. They said the overnight satellite animation shows a well-defined and powerful low-pressure system turning southwest of the Aleutian Islands of Alaska. So this is right before it came on board. Uh, so they've now analyzed the storm and have an estimated central pressure as low as 945 millibars on Sunday. Now, that's before it moved on shore. 945 millibars would be, what's that, Corey, close to like a Cat 4 hurricane? I mean, you're talking low. Oh, yeah. That is really low. And when we talk about low, we're talking about powerful. 
Uh, you get it's got winds around it. I mean the the satellite. If you go to NOAA NWS Weather Prediction Center on Facebook, they have got this animation, and let me tell you, it is impressive. They got the water loop on it. Is have, this is this a uh, a La Nina storm? You know, it could be. Looks like it to me. Oh. I'm just noticing that you have flooding, severe winter, and kitchen sink. Yeah. On your midwinter. <laughs> Everything in the kitchen but sink. See, see, I've already had a storm with my kitchen sink over the weekend. Okay, so well, that took care of that. Let's leave that part out. Right. Okay? So we know there's not going to be a tsunami. I need my kitchen sink to function. Okay, so your kitchen. Okay, so that takes care of the kitchen sink. So we can cross that out now. Good. I've done that. Been there, done that. <laughs> Been there. Let's got, move on. Got the t shirt. You're done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it is uh, pretty pretty powerful. So that is the um, uh, AF, uh, the uh, AFD. What am I looking at? I've got too many things going on at the same time. Uh, uh, the uh, area forecast discussion. So I want to I want to highlight just a couple of things on here. They've got three uh, specifics. Now, the, the area forecast discussion from Springfield. They say severe potential. If the low does track slightly further north, then dew points may be able to reach the 50s across southern Missouri Wednesday night. Like you said, night. Eh. Uh, soundings indicate maybe we can have maybe a 250 joules a kilogram of min cape. That might produce a little lightning and marginally severe hail. Now, we are in a marginal risk at this point of that and like you just said Corey, that they're moving it further north because branson wasn't in it the marginal risk until later this afternoon now springfield's in it yeah we'll see what happens overnight uh yeah uh the other thing flooding and heavy rain potential you're saying uh probabilities over over two inches of rain are now 60 percent east of springfield not for us uh for branson but i the way everything's looking now you look at the WPC a lot. I it looks like the heavy rain is going to be more south central Missouri. Is that what it's looking? Well, what I do is I look at the Stormdar weather website. Oh, that's a great. And the hey, WPC is actually wow. on our website on the Severe Weather page. Oh, and that's awesome. Is, it how seems do you like get to they've taken website? Branson out of the heavier rain. We're still in the rain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, we were around two inches. Now we're only about an inch and a quarter, somewhere around there. Okay, I'm so the heavier that. stuff up north, kind of along the I-44 corridor, like rainage or snowage, rainage, rainage, rainage. Well, okay, precipitation. Right. Okay. Okay. Not <laughs> rain, not snow. It's yeah, precip- yeah, yeah. Precip in general. Okay, but could you okay. clarify where I could find this information? Stormdarweather.com. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so you, easy to remember. And then you can go. You, you, say, you can click on the severe weather. Yeah, the severe weather tab at the top. Which is it's great, by the way. And the radar, you've got the radar there. You can do several things with that radar, right? Yeah, all kinds of stuff on there. Lightning, warnings, watches, wind, temperature. It's all on there. Yeah, you need even to, our so, webs, even our storm or our weather system, our whatever that thing is, our weather our station our door. Weather station. <laughs> On the roof. Yeah, is, whatever that thing is, is actually. Powering, you can, you can like zoom 20 down feet above the, our head right now. You can <laughs> zoom down and it'll tell you what the temperature is at Stormdower Weather Headquarters on there. It's pretty cool. I love that. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of developing. And the last thing they're talking about is winter potential with the rate with the recent slight shift north in the track of the system. That's where I got that. Uh, the warm nose 
which that was one of our weather words of the week, I think, uh, aloft may linger further into the area Thursday morning. That means, therefore, a period of sleet and freezing rain uh, works through the area through the morning. Uh, snow probabilities, yeah, I. they keep moving snow down. They're kind of not quite all over the place, but they're still not ref- refined. Depending on which one you look at. Yeah. You know, you have the GFS, which is an American model. Mm-hmm. You have the NAM, which is an American model, but they're not in agreement. I don't know. And you know what? Why don't we get to that next segment? You can talk about that. Model Minute, Model Minute, what do they say? It's the Model Minute. Yeah, so you've got all the models there, so give us a little outline exactly what's going on with all these models. What model you want to talk about, because they're all different. Uh, let's talk about the NAM. The NAM. Well, the NAM has some precipitation down south of I-4, well, everywhere, but uh, it's, got, well, everywhere. it's got some frozen precip along I-44 into the northwest, and then it brings in a thin little red band of ice. Oh, I don't want And it that. goes over to Springfield, but before it gets to Branson, that ice disappears, kind of just rain, maybe a hint of some slush, and then it's out of here. Okay, so that, that one's going to take it and then kick it out northeast right. then. Nothing big for Branson. Okay, what's the latest GFS say? GFS just keeps all of the wintry precipitation along and north of the I-44 corridor until... Yeah, Lebanon, Lebanon, and it just keeps going east. But so no snow for us. No snow. I mean, according no, to the GFS, no uh, sleet. According to the GFS, it okay. looks like it could be rainy, maybe some storms. I uh, like that better. <laughs> yes. Uh, which one did I do before that? The, uh, you did NAM before that. Uh, how I'm about looking Canadian? at the uh, or, or the EC. What's the I'm EC looking say? at the Euro right now. Okay, and uh, well. We got some precip, got some rain coming in, heavy at times, south of Springfield, south of I-44. Riding along that I-44 corridor, we have a big swath of red, which is freezing rain. Don't want that. But it's thin and uh, gets through here fast. Now, this one might give us a little sleet. But okay, like on the backside. An back hour side. or two of sleet on the backside. More snow up north. Snow doesn't really make it to Branson before it's out of here. Now, uh, I'm going to see what the Euro is saying on ice. Yeah, very let's, curious. Let's, let's bring that up here. Okay. Um, let me click that. I forgot my iPad tonight. and I You're doing it all on your little phone. I'm doing my phone, <laughs> but that's okay. I think my phone still um, has power. Barely. <laughs> we're not talking a whole lot of ice here. Springfield under a tenth of an inch, Joplin uh, almost two tenths of an inch. Seriously, wow! But, I, but, I find but that hard north to believe. of Joplin onto uh, right above I forty four north, all the way up to St Louis, has a, a swath of ice about three tenths of an inch. So, See, I okay, nothing for Branson. My gut is saying that's probably overdone. Now, that's just my gut, and I'll tell you why. When I was looking at the area forecast discussion, they were saying that the ground is now starting to warm up because we've had all these days in the 50s and 60s, and they're talking about the angle of the sun is getting a little higher now. 
again, we're really we're two weeks out from meteorological spring. So yes, um, I I I know we're two days, two or three days out. So it's like eh, but that just doesn't seem well. By plausible. contrast. Well, we can get ice storms this late in the year. Well, no, we can't. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't consider ground temperatures a factor because it can flash freeze. It doesn't really have to. It's it's, okay. it's more basic yeah. on the air temperature. Right. Now, that by contrast, the GFS ice accumulations are way north of what the uh, Euro is from okay. Kansas City on into Quincy, Illinois. So, not near, anywhere near our area. Okay, that makes more sense to me. But again, now the Canadian is the Canadian still bullish and bringing that cold air way down? Because Miami, Oklahoma, it said heavy snow yesterday, and it's like that doesn't seem quite right. No, I think it didn't. It, it may have changed. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not seeing too much on the way. Oh, so it may have like reset my. little harder on your little bitty phone I, yeah. <laughs> and i can't zoom into missouri on the canadian oh yeah i hate that because they don't care about america i guess no there. no, I don't, no I don't they know. don't care no they, see my no, my, my, my gfs and, and all my good models i can zoom right down to branson and see what it's going to do right which i love that i do but uh the canadian i'm looking at, at the uh the temperatures and uh Okay, they're still all over the place. I mean, there's a you can tell where that freezing line's going to be. And wow. Okay, I'm looking at tropical tidbits that, that right now cuz I got a Canadian on the Midwest. Uh the Canadian has shifted just slightly more to the north, but they still say northwest Arkansas at noon on Thursday, heavy snow and mm. and right along I-44. Actually, it's almost exactly along I-44. Which they have sleet. That I mean, that's what I'm looking at. Um, well, that cold air they have it. They have it coming pretty far down south. Well, the Canadian really does. That's crazy. I Almost down into Texas. And again, we are recording this on Monday. This is not going to happen till Wednesday night into Thursday. So there's a lot of changes that are that are going to happen. But. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. They're not in agreement. Well, no one knows. Until. I mean, they're yeah, right. <laughs> they know something's <laughs> yeah, something's a brewing. Something's a brewing. <laughs> something's a brewing, bye guy. Yeah, no, we know it's kind of like that. What was a couple of weeks ago was like we knew it was coming, but it's like where is that line going to be? Um, I do think we're going to get heavy rain. That's kind of an obvious. I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. done with winter. You? I am so done with winter, and I know I, my mother says she is done with winter. Are you done with winter, Shara? I'm done with cold. Oh, you're not done that with winter? That would be the temperature winter causes. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, that's deep. I love pretty snow. Well, we've had that. But we're I done. Don't, I don't want to. We wanna... had like three snows already this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, we're done. I know. <laughs> I guess I am kind of done with winter because I got to go sledding, so I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready for spring. You're ready, you're ready for posies and naders. I'm not ready for the naders. But posies? Yeah. Just ready for some nice weather to go outside. not be ready for tornadoes? I mean, come on. Everyone but you? Aren't you ready for a good old-fashioned tornado watch? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, see, here's the deal. Y'all are going to go back to work, 
soon, very soon. Yeah, we got some. Uh, oh, we got, yeah. we got to give Shara a and uh, I'm not little ready. bit of training. Yeah, yeah, we got to. Got to show her what to do. I if, think I handled myself very For whatever reason, well. you know, we got there, There's a protocol. Yeah, we follow in storm. And, Here, and here's storm the only season. problem. Here's the only problem that you and I are going to run into. I work Wednesday afternoon now. This year, we're going to have a Wednesday afternoon show. So if something happens Wednesday afternoon, it's all you, Shara. It's one day a week, and it's, it's like three hours. It's causing anxiety just th- thinking It's it, three okay? hours. Three hours? Like and last time, it was an hour, and I was losing my so mind. so much fun. <laughs> I love it. It's Not fast fun. paced. Yeah. He says it's People fun as he's sitting over there stressing out, going, shh, shh, hold on, I got to post. Hold on, I got to post. <laughs> I'm like, this is not look fun. Yes. I got me a little system this year, and I, I'll set you up with the system on days. No, that I'm serious. I know I'm not going to be know, around. I really think you'd have better luck teaching one of our children. I could be, but Garen's going to be in school. Yeah, Grant. That's true. No, it's no. you. It's Grayson, you. Garen. It's Garen's you. home from school it's by you. three o'clock. I, I I've already upped I mean, you to to, honestly, to an administrator. I, so I think they're smarter than I am. But does it matter? Could be, but still. I'm yeah. a smart person. But you don't have to reliable. input And smart. Corey is a smart person. They get the Snapchat children, and they don't know it's storming. And like, oh, was that thunder? Our children are a combination of our intelligence and they're smarter than us. You know, she will be on TikTok all the time. So I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah. I'm not going to know what's happening either. Okay. Well, before we get into the weeds too much, <laughs> it's probably time to get to the weather school. Uh, this week stormed our weather school. I brought out the branches of NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. There are dozens of different branches. A lot of them I didn't even know. I mean, we know that the Weather Prediction Center, WPC, the Storm Prediction Center, they, uh, NOAA uh, governs all the National Weather Service offices. But just wait till you hear this. There's tons I don't even know. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. The NHC is tracking a storm near land. The SPC and the WPC are now getting involved too. Huh? The National Weather Service is where we get most of our weather information. But they are only a portion of a much larger enterprise, NOAA. NOAA, or the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, is an American scientific agency within the United States Department of Commerce that focuses on conditions of the oceans, major waterways, and the atmosphere. The organization warns of dangerous weather, charts seas, guides the use of protection of ocean and coastal resources, and conducts research to provide understanding and improve stewardship of the environment. NOAA was officially formed in 1970 and in 2017 had over 11,000 civilian employees. Its research and operations are further supported by 321 uniformed service members who make up the NOAA Commissioned Corps. So let's take a look at some of the many branches of NOAA. 
the one we are all familiar with, the National Weather Service. The NWS is tasked with providing weather, hydrologic, and climate forecasts and warnings for the United States, its territories, adjacent waters, and ocean areas for the protection of life and property and the enhancement of the national economy. This is done through a collection of national and regional centers, 13 river forecast centers, and more than 120 local weather service offices. The National Weather Service is responsible for issuing weather and river forecasts, advisories, watches, and warnings on a daily basis. They issue more than 734,000 weather forecasts, 850 river forecasts, and more than 45,000 severe weather warnings annually. Some of the branches under the National Weather Service umbrella are the Weather Prediction Center, formerly known as the Hydrometeorological Prediction Center. It serves as a center for quantitative precipitation forecasting or rainfall amounts, medium range forecasting from three to eight days, and the interpretation of numerical weather model predictions. The National Hurricane Center is responsible for tracking and predicting weather systems within the tropics in the Atlantic and the eastern Pacific Oceans. The agency is situated on the campus of Florida International University in University Park, Florida. They take data from reconnaissance aircraft that fly into storms and track the progression of tropical cyclones. The Storm Prediction Center this agency monitors the contiguous U.S. and is responsible for severe weather situations. They are the ones who issue severe thunderstorm watches and tornado watches. The local National Weather Service forecast offices are the ones who issue the warnings. Next is the Climate Prediction Center, or CPC. Their job is to offer predictions of climate variability and real-time monitoring of global climate. Applications include the mitigation of weather-related natural disasters and uses for social and economic good in agriculture, energy, transportation, water resources, and health. And we have the Space Weather Prediction Center. This branch provides space weather alerts and warnings for disturbances that can affect people and equipment working in space and on Earth. Now, all of these departments I just mentioned are under the control of the National Weather Service, which is under the control of NOAA. <laughs> now, here are some other branches of the parent organization of NOAA. The National Environmental Satellite Data and Information Service, or NESDIS. This department was created by NOAA to operate and manage the U.S. environmental satellite programs and manage National Weather Service data and those of other government agencies and departments. The National Ocean Service, or NOS, focuses on ensuring that ocean and coastal areas are safe, healthy, and productive. NOS scientists, natural resource managers, and specialists serve America by ensuring safe and efficient marine transportation, promoting innovative solutions to protect coastal communities, and conserving marine and coastal places. 
the National Marine Fisheries Service, also known as NOAA Fisheries, was initiated in 1871 with the primary goal of the research, protection, management, and restoration of commercial and recreational fisheries and their habitat. The Office of Marine and Aviation Operations is responsible for the fleet of NOAA ships, aircraft, and diving operations. It has the largest research fleet of the federal government. Its personnel are made up of civilians and the NOAA Commission Corps. The National Integrated Drought Information System is a program within NOAA with an intra-agency mandate to coordinate and integrate drought research, building upon existing federal, tribal, state, and local partnerships in support of creating a national drought early warning information system. These are just some of the branches of NOAA, and honestly, there are way too many to mention in this weather school. Just know that the entire NOAA organization is a highly complex group of scientific-based agencies that are keeping the planet and the people safe. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. National Hurricane Center. Is that what we learned about? I don't know. Yeah, there's lots, oh, okay. of, lots of branches of NOAA. We don't know. Okay, it's time to get to the next segment, which is in other news. I've got one thing. Corey, do you got stuff? Uh, one or two. You do? Well, well, you do one, and then I'll do one. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a drought in yeah. the southwestern portions of the United States down in Mexico and it's been ongoing for years and years and years actually uh it's called they don't even call it a drought anymore they call it a mega drought a mega drought and okay they kind of breaking it down scientifically this is from a scientific uh a science alert is what it's called and uh they've they're trying to figure out why they're in such a drought this drought that we're currently in hasn't been seen for more than 1,200 years. That's a Whoa. long time. That's a and long time. The problem with this drought we're in now that is expected to last through the end of 2022 at least. Well, there's a 94% chance that it will last through the end of 2022. Uh, the problem with this one is... Uh, you know what causes 40%, I don't know how they break it down in a percentage, 40% of the dry spells intensity is caused by human-caused global heating. So, Wait, human-caused <clears throat> global heating. Correct. Now, does that mean exhaust from cars and burning fossil fuels? A little fuel? bit of everything. Okay. Factories, you know. Making lemon cake in your oven? Oh, you never know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I totally think your lemon cake is toxic to the universe. But it's good, though, isn't it? Last summer, two of North America's largest reservoirs, Lake Mead and Lake Powell, reached their lowest recorded level in over a century. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. When they need rain. Of course, they're, they're dry, you know, 
most of my life they've been dry in the Southwest. I mean, they don't get a lot of yeah, rain anyway. Yeah, because you think the Southwest desert. Right. Now, 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 can I interrupt? And like, where do they do? Do they tell geographically where this is? Is it um, like Arizona? They don't list states, just regions. Okay, okay. Southwestern United States into Mexico. Okay, yeah, so that'd be like that'd Arizona, be Arizona, New Mexico. Okay, all right. But uh, North America is not the only region hit by droughts right now. I mean, it's 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 all over. Uh, globally, 800 million to 3 billion people are projected to experience chronic water scarcity due to drought caused by 2 degrees Celsius warming above pre-industrial levels. See what I'm saying? Yeah, two degrees Celsius is quite a bit. Right. That's like seven degrees, uh, I think. And for an average temperature to raise that much is that's a lot. Crazy. That is a lot. Yeah. Anyway, sorry that wasn't a fun fact or anything. But uh, well, no, it's in other news. Well, that's my job. So yeah, I know yeah, it wasn't an upbeat story. Okay. Oh. Do you want me to do mine now? Sure. Okay. I, I lost it. I got to find it again. Uh, okay. This is uh, from CNN.com. <clears throat> and I didn't know this was a thing, but it, apparently it is a thing. A four-story high rogue wave breaks the record off of the coast of Vancouver Island. So apparently... <laughs> this rogue wave measuring 58 feet was uh, tall was recorded off the coast of Vancouver Island, breaking the record for proportionately at three times the size of surrounding waves. So what what they're saying, because I read this article, you can go to CNN.com and uh, look for rogue wave. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, the way they say... a they define a rogue wave is you have the normal waves. So like, say they are 10 feet. Okay. Uh, or six or whatever, let's say six. So they're, they're, your normal waves come in. When you get a wave that is three times that, like at least 18 or maybe 20, that's called a rogue wave. And it's weird. Uh, the guy said, uh, let's see, Johannes Gemmerich, I guess says only a few rogue waves in high seas States have been observed directly and nothing of this magnitude. The probability of such event occurring is 1 in 1,300 years. And so it says the wave made a splash in the scientific community for being proportionally the most extreme rogue wave ever recorded. Uh, so they've had one in November of 2020. Uh, it says they look, they look like a large four-story lump sticking out of the water <laughs> with a large peak and big troughs before it. So it's very fascinating. And they don't really know why these happen. It's all of a sudden you get these waves. It's not a tsunami. It's just this rogue wave. That's but something, something is causing has it. to cause a wave. That's how it works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Something it, has to cause it. They haven't figured that out yet, which is weird. <laughs> And they and they say recording these killer killer waves. They put that in quote is no easy feat. So uh, because it just happens, and there's no they don't have a way to 
you know, to, to, to predict it because they don't know what's going to happen. And again, you know, they're not to be mistaken for tsunamis. Tsunamis are waves that inundate land. This is just one big old wave that just comes in, like, hits the land. So anyway. Crazy. Yeah. So I would suggest going looking at that. So anyway, what you got? So this week is the uh, 28th anniversary. This happened back in 1994. A, a big old ice storm hit the Delta region. And we're talking southeastern Arkansas into uh, western Mississippi, uh, a little bit of Louisiana. You know, we talk about power outages mm-hmm. that can occur when you have certain ice accumulation on the power lines. What, what would you be concerned with? Ice. I would start half to be con- well. I'd start to be con- starting to be concerned with a third right. inch. Right. I mean, like, it's but a half quarter, inch, yeah. But you're a half gonna... inch, I'm thinking I'm gonna lose power. Yeah, half inch. Well, back in 1994, this very week. That's why I say, you know, we can still have ice storms. I mean, we're headed to spring, but oh yeah, there. Oh yeah. Uh, parts of uh, southwestern Arkansas, cross it, southeastern Arkansas, Greenville, Mississippi, six. Inches of ice. No, no. There's no way. Six inches of ice. They would have shut the. That would have shut the town down. Power outages lasted a month. Yeah. Over eight thousand utility poles were were uh, snapped. Four thousand destroyed. Seven hundred miles of utility lines were down. Six inches. I mean, I can't imagine more than one. That's like that. I can't now, even imagine that it could pile up on the this wire. This is a 1994. That much. In uh, 94? Wow. 94. One billion dollars in timber damage from down trees alone, just from the trees being down. Uh, Google that. It that much was, ice, like built up on roofs, would have caved houses in. That's what I'm thinking. Six that's inches. Heavy. Because a half There's a big inch. swath that, that, that for the storm, two to six inches, and uh, Greenville, Mississippi got the brunt of it for sure. It uh, it was a mess for sure. Okay, I got I got to interject this. Okay, talking about freezing rain, we we've had some discussions on this before, but freezing rain, just a little bit. Adds so much weight it doesn't to take power much. lines. No, and I'm looking at this thing here. Uh, it says a half of an inch of ice can add as much as 500 pounds to a power line, and damage uh, can begin when accumulations exceed a quarter of an inch. So that's why, and we talked about this. A couple of weeks ago, Corey, he's like, if you get a quarter of an inch, but you get some wind, yeah, you Hell might get yeah. some stuff. But if you don't get any wind and it's like, yeah, quarter of an inch, you probably will be okay, but there might be sporadic. But the additional weight can be applied if a tree branch breaks off and rests on it. So, you know, you got the power line, but then you got a tree branch up here that's getting ice on it and bam, and then you're going to have power. just a little bit of ice bring a tree down on top of a house. Oh, gosh, yes. Cause, I mean, major damage and can injure people inside oh yeah talking less than an inch but but thinking but thinking what what this says a half of an inch of ice can add as much as 500 pounds if this was six inches oh my god the storm what? left seven hundred forty-one thousand customers without water well yeah i mean froze well systems failed because no power yeah no power and then 
you can't get anywhere. I mean, do they do they have a death uh, toll on that store? I don't see. Wow. I, don't see a I mean, death people toll. would had to. I mean, you get six inches. And like, you couldn't even go anywhere. No. I mean, your roads would be and you have no heat. And you, I mean, now South Arkansas generators, but well, yeah, but but South Arkansas, oh much, oh my gosh, um, this is crazy. I mean, that would be catastrophic. This says Mississippi Power and Light workers in Greenville. Also found a diameter of one foot of ice on some power lines. Now, this is six inches of ice. They measure the line was in the middle of the ice. Somehow, that's six inches of ice. Like, built up on top, and then some was hanging down right. below. Right, I guess so. Oh, okay, yeah. That just seems unbelievable to me. And this is on I can't a, even imagine that much standing on top of a power line. Just go line. to the National Weather Service oh. website and Google the 1994 Delta Ice Storm. Oh, pretty crazy. crazy. Okay, so I got some uh, data. Were you done with that? Because yeah. I, got, I got some data facts here. Um, <clears throat> okay, so this is what happened. If you get ice less than a tenth of an inch, okay, uh, which they say some ice on trees and power lines, so there will be some slick spots on the sidewalks and some roads. Be careful when walking and driving. If you get a quarter of an inch of ice, it's considered problematic. Uh, it coated uh, wind, windshields in cars, dangerous bridges, tough to stop on some roads. Trees and power lines start to fail. Uh, you get here. A half an inch of ice is considered crippling. Widespread tree and power line damage. Roads are completely impassable. No travel. Power outages last could last for days. And, oh, that's all they got. Well, I mean, that's all you need. It's it's like a Cat Five hurricane. Why yeah, go to a Cat enough. Six if it's going to destroy everything? Oh, yeah. You know, but but even now, the the Great Ice Storm of, of Springfield was an inch and a half. So think about that. That's three times what this last one was. Crazy. It is. It is completely. I don't even want to think about that. No, no, and, th- and that's recent. Because see, if it was like 1894, I'd say okay, that's way back then. 1994 is recent when you talk about catastrophic stuff. Oh, yeah. Like Okay, well, I think it's probably time for the next segment. Get ready to get educated in Shara's Fun Facts. It's time for Shara's Fun Facts, and she spent the majority of today tied to Absolutely. her fine looking I for fun facts to dazzle us with today. ignored my husband on Valentine's Day of and course, well, you only know, searched for fun facts. Well, well, you know, it's for the podcast, so of course, you know. So, all right. So, Shara, what's the fun facts today? I mean, come on. What do you think my fun facts are? Fourth uh, of July. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Oh. There we go. You may already know that Valentine's Day was named after its patron saint, Saint Valentine, mm-hmm. but there's actually some confusion surrounding which Saint Valentine. What? Because there was more than one. According to uh, history, there are at least two men named Valentine that could have inspired the holiday, including one Valentine who was a priest in 3rd century Rome. This is the one I know of. As the story goes, this Valentine defied Emperor Claudius II's ban on marriage um, because they were at war and he thought it distracted young soldiers. Okay. So he, this St. Valentine, uh, illegally married couples in the spirit of love until he was caught and sentenced to death. 
Another legend suggests that Valentine was killed for attempting to help Christians escape prison in Rome and that he actually sent the first Valentine message himself while imprisoned, writing a letter signed from your Valentine. Okay. So pick whichever one you like the best. See, that's not what I heard. What did you hear? Yeah, what did you hear? I heard St. Valentine... Was a baby with wings and he went around no, shooting no, 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 people no, 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 in no, no, the no, butt no. with bow and arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not jump ahead. Oh. We will get there. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay. St. Valentine the name was a person, and which ah. person it was, we don't know. Okay, so there's, ooh, there's development. Okay. But I always heard it was the guy that was illegally marrying people. Oh, okay. Because of love. Um, Cupid... Which I believe you're referring to. Oh, not St. Valentine. Has its roots in Greek mythology. He's the charming cherub that appears on Valentine's Day cards, often depicted with a bow and arrow. But how did Cupid become a common symbol of Valentine's Day, you ask? How did Cupid become a Valentine's Day symbol? The figure can actually be traced all the way back to 700 BC to the Greek god of love named Eros who was actually a handsome, immortal man with the intimidating power to make people fall in love. It wasn't until the 4th century that the Romans adopted Eros into the image of a cute little boy with a bow and an arrow, naming him Cupid. By the turn of the 19th century, Cupid had become linked to Valentine's Day due to his love-matching powers. Oh, that's so sweet. Are you all you clear now? <laughs> yeah. So St. Valentine and Cupid are two different, two different people. Okay, gotcha. Not until the 1840s did we get the first mass-produced Valentines. People started exchanging cards and handwritten letters to both lovers and friends during the 17th century. But it was in the 1840s that the first Valentine's Day cards was mass-produced in the U.S., sold by Esther A. Howland known as the mother of the American Valentine. Howland is credited with commercializing Valentine's Day cards in America. So it's all her fault. It's all her fault. (laughs) Well, okay. We don't like her. She's who commercialized it. (laughs) She was like, hey, I could make some money off of this. Um, But she is remembered for her elaborate, crafty cards made with lace and ribbons. 1840. So sweet. Uh Uh-oh. Fun fact. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I just got tapped on the shoulder. Okay. Corey's got a fun fact. What does Cupid, the Roman god of love, and the Ozarks have in common? Oh, wait a minute. Is it the Cupid dolls? <gasps> ding, 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 ding. Wait, wait, wait. Yay. Rose wait. O'Neill? Oh. Yeah, she she was an Ozark Ozarkian. She's buried just right up the interstate up here. I had Cupid dolls when I was here. growing up, and I loved them because they were adorable. Her Cupid dolls, which were very popular, especially in the 1920s, they were the cutest on thing ever. Were were based off of Cupid, Cupid, Cupid. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's well. that's the only reason I could figure out what you're talking about. I was like, okay, it must be Cupid dolls. But <laughs> I had a couple of Cupid dolls, and I they were little bitty, like a oh. couple inches tall. They were teeny tiny Cupid dolls, and they were so stinking cute. And I carried them everywhere. Rose O'Neill, she was yeah. she worked in New York City for a time as a writer and illustrator. Well, she packed up her bags and built her a, a house, which was a nice, more than a, more of a homestead with a barn and a, all kinds of stuff. In its time, it was a nice house. Oh. Yeah, and you can go visit it anytime. It's a museum. She's buried in the cemetery right outside of her house. But a very interesting place. If you never went up there to, to visit. It's not very far from Branson, is it? 
Right, right around Bear right Creek. Right outside of yeah. Branson. I think my mom had Cabbage Patch dolls. With I the, also had Cabbage Patch yeah, dolls. Oh. I don't think your mom had Cabbage Patch dolls. Uh-huh. They were, Those were popular d- when I was a kid. My dad was a truck driver. We had some originals. Oh. And I think mom still has them. I remember. Oh, your dad was a I truck rem- driver, so I got, you know, that doesn't no, make sense No, I to remember... Me. When those, <laughs> I remember when Cabbage Patch dolls came out. Truck stop or no? They were hard to get for a couple. They were Christmases. very hard to get. But my dad made sure that my mother got a Cabbage Patch doll. I couldn't care less. But anyway, all right. I still have my Cabbage Patch. I dolls. think Mom does too. I so Mom texts me. Not all of them, but I have most of them, and my daughter plays with them. They're at my mom's. Really? Well, they're they'll fall apart now. They're old. Oh no! Cabbage Patch dolls survive anything. Mine are in good shape. Really. Mine are all in good shape, but I played well, with them. Well, cabbage withers. Hello. It's not made of cabbage. Oh, oh okay. Never mind. They came out of cabbage. Oh. They're not made of cabbage. Gotcha. Okay. See, they I, grew in the cabbage well, patch. Oh, see, I never knew that. Either. All right. Back to my fun Okay. Facts. Back to fun facts. I digress. A Koopy doll cost up to $25,000. <laughs> you know, I don't know where my Koopy doll. one. Right. Like, I don't know where my little From miniature Koopy dolls are, but maybe they'd be worth something. I don't think they were actual. Uh, they were actual Cupy dolls. Well, they were Cupy style. No, no, not no, no, no. Rose O'Neill, nineteen fifteen originals. Mine were originals. actual Cupy dolls. Well, it's spelled K E W P I E, right? Cupy. Mine were actual Cupy dolls, but they right. were little tiny things, and they were adorable, and I carried them everywhere I went. Oh. Anyway. Okay. Today, Americans spend a lot of money on love. Oh. Which. It doesn't make sense to me. Love should be free. Um, according <laughs> yeah. to the National Retail Foundation, Americans spent over $20 billion on Valentine's gifts in 2019. And it has risen ever since then. Uh, 2020, it was $27.4 billion, including $2.4 billion on just candy. Oh, see, I figured the candy thing, that's, that's what was going to be like way People up there. People were expected to spend an average of approximately $196 for Valentine's Day. What? With men spending around $291 compared to women spending $106. I had a comment, but I'm going to keep it candy? to myself because this is a family podcast. Is this for candy? No, that's just how much they were going to spend on oh, average. For, for, oh, for Valentine's. On average, that's how gotcha, much men gotcha. would spend an average of $291 and women spend an average of 106 Gotcha. Okay. Americans send 145 million Valentine's Day cards each year. And I don't know if I buy this anymore. People aren't really card sending people anymore. I'm definitely not. And I tell people that. I love cards. You just don't. Mom you know, loves cards too. You know, someone sent me a thank you card several weeks ago, and I'm telling you, snail mail is still the way to go. Really? It means so much more that someone took the time to buy you a card, write, you know, hand write a message, yeah. and mail it to you, and you get to open it and read it more so than taking two seconds to type a text or an email or maybe that's just me. I don't know. See, my my sister in law. Is a very she's a right person. She she will not only send you a card; she will write you a thank you note and put it in a card and send it to you. Right. And so my this wife was a Karen, friend of mine that had had surgery, and I went and helped her. Oh yeah, yeah. In her house for a few hours, and then I took her lunch the next day, and she sent me a thank you card. How old was she? Um, she's in her fifties. Oh, that's not like ancient. No, but it like made my day to get a thank you card. No, no, I'm not. 
that's great. That's great. I just, I am just not a card person. And I had to explain that to Karen, my wife, and then her sister. It's like, I appreciate and I will say thank you, but it's like, don't expect a card. I'm just not a card person. Corey and I have always gotten each other cards for holidays, anniversary, Valentine's, birthdays. And I've saved a lot of them. And I know that he's, I mean, I have, I have all the notes that he wrote me in high school. Of course you do. In a box in my bedside table. But I mean, like, I love those cards that he sent me because he wrote messages in them. It wasn't just the card and the printed message. It was what he wrote inside. Right. It was like all that mushy love stuff. But over the years, I've also saved cards from people that were special to me. Sure. You know, and they wrote... No, I, I get that. Someone that wrote a message inside... You know, I had a friend, a coworker. I, I worked with her for less than a year, but we became like best friends during those few months. And she sent me a card when she was uh, leaving and moving to a different hospital. And I loved that. And I carried it with me because she had so many encouraging words. And I just, I don't know. I think cards are great. No, car- cards are good. My, my mother sends cards to everybody. I need to start that again. And you know what? I did that one time. Yeah. Actually, a few years ago, I went and bought a bunch of blank cards, just pretty decorative blank cards. And I sent them to all of my dearest friends and just put a little message about why I love them or what I love about them. And they loved it. They so, do. They, I mean, they have a meaning. People, cards do have a meaning. I'm getting way off subject here, so let's get back to where oh, I'm okay. at. Okay, back to... Yeah, okay. Americans send 145 million Valentine's Day cards each year. According to Hallmark, a whopping 145 million Valentine's Day cards are exchanged every February 14th. And that's not even including all those... That's not including the little Valentines that kids exchange at school. Oh, like... Okay, the little... Okay, yeah, the little 145 yeah. <laughs> million is just how many cards... Oh, my gosh. ...will be exchanged in the U.S. each year. Okay, so that's not even counting all those little Valentines. Um, this makes <laughs> Valentine's Day the second biggest holiday for exchanging greeting cards after Christmas, of course. Yeah. Um, and how sweet. Teachers receive the most Valentine's Day cards annually, followed by children, mothers, and wives. Teachers need to. I'm serious. They deserve I it. love teachers. Teachers deserve all the love right now, especially. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, I'll send them. They're not, say, even my, I'm, they're not even my teacher. I'll send them a no, card. No, I'll just send you a card. <laughs> okay. Needless to say, we've come a long way from 1913, which was when Hallmark Cards produced their very first Valentine's card. Oh. 1913. 1913. Very first Valentine card. Fact check, fact check. Uh, the Valentine's Day gift that people spend the most on is jewelry. Of course. Candy and flowers might be some of the most common gifts for Valentine's Day, but according to National Retail Federation, the category that we typically um, spend the most on is jewelry at a whopping $5.8 billion Dear Lord. in 2021. Oh, my God. I don't even know what they spent this year. The second most paid for gift on Valentine's Day was an evening out at okay. $4.3 billion, followed by clothing, candy, then flowers. See, the jewelry thing, I mean, that's kind of symbolic to me. I you mean, know, you start seeing all the K's jewelry, right, all the jewelry right. commercials around Valentine's Day. It's like, buy her this ring. And, and I'm, I, I have to say, I, I love flowers. They're beautiful. And Corey has sent me many of flowers in our marriage, but, but they die. 
I know. That's why I don't send flowers. And this is my thing to him. I'm like, oh, they're so pretty, but how much did you spend? They're going to die. In like four days, they're going to be gone. Like, let's go out together. Let's spend some time together because they're just going to die. Give me a diamond. I mean, right? You <laughs> That's going to last forever. You can almost buy a diamond for what you spend on flowers. Do right. you know what a dozen roses? I should have looked that up. Flowers are so expensive. I should have looked up what a dozen roses cost these oh my days. God, like, like $80. Oh, my God. Google that, Corey. Google yeah, Corey, what a dozen Corey. roses yeah, cost you Google that? on average how, how this much, year. Like a dozen roses. How much a dozen Because he has sent me many of a dozen roses over the years. but It depends on how they're arranged. I mean, I know. Oh. But just on average, how much a dozen roses cost is because it's pricey. <laughs> I know. At one point he was sending me not a dozen roses, but he was sending me a rose for every year we'd been married. So like I was getting 20 roses at work. I don't remember that. Who was that? <laughs> the other anyway, husband. Yeah. My other, other husband yeah. <laughs> of 20 plus years. I have a side family. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am, that guy. That I am superwoman. <laughs> I have another family on the side. The first heart-shaped box of chocolates was introduced. Nine ninety nine. Uh-uh. No. Yes. Nuh-uh. Yes. No. Average price for one dozen donuts is one as... Not donuts! Oh, not donuts! Oh! oh. I was like, uh-uh. It's like, oh. it's like a hundred bucks. Easy. Wait, wait, wait. No, I, I, I think we forgot to enunciate. Now, here's the thing. I would rather get a dozen donuts than a dozen roses. I would do it too. <laughs> Send me the donuts. All the donuts. Bring me the donuts. Okay. I was like, nowhere can you get a donut. Okay. You can't get one rose for nine ninety nine. <laughs> All right, let me. Well, uh, <laughs> this just says uh, the average cost. Right, I mean, for average. a dozen roses uh-huh. varies from about ten dollars uh-uh. to one hundred dollars. One hundred is what okay, they cost okay. around here. Where and when they are bought. When you know they hike the price for Valentine's Day. Oh gosh, because yes. they can. Oh gosh, yes, they gouge that. What type of rose you're talking about? Uh, How they're red gala. No, that's an apple. Red Wait. rose. Gala, gala apple, Fuji. My, I'm just saying. In junior high, my dad used to send me and my flower, my my flower, my sister, <laughs> <laughs> my sister roses. I'm gonna send you and roses my, right now and to see how much they cost. No, 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 no. My favorite were pink <laughs> because my favorite tomorrow. color is pink. Oh, well, red roses, red. That's what I want. Red. How much red roses cost? Red roses cost red, more. Red, red because rum. they have meanings. If you send red, pink, white, yellow, they black. all have a different meaning. If you have black, it's like I'm done. And with I think you. that's one of my fun facts. But if it's not, we'll oh, okay. get there. Okay. Well, keep if going. not, we'll talk about it. Okay. Each keep... color of rose. Don't send your wife white roses. No. Okay. Or yellow. I don't care if her favorite color is yellow. yellow. Yeah. Can't send yellow. Okay. It like means we're breaking up. Oh. Okay. Uh, Are you getting there, honey? I can. I can have them delivered. Anywhere from, hmm, pretty pricey. That's what well, we're that's saying. That's what we're saying. We want to I, I go. I go red roses because yeah, they're the course, best. Because red's the red. best. Anywhere from ninety-five to two hundred seventy-five. Thank you very there much. We, that, Thank there you very we, much. There, there was no nine ninety-nine yeah. in there. Yeah. No, that was. That was, I, that was a long stem red rose book. That's a bouquet. Now, if I go to the classic love. Red rose bouquet. That's one hundred to two hundred eighty dollars. Yeah. Okay. So he has okay. sent me before like twenty some roses to work. Red roses. Of course he did. And and all I see is holy cow! What did you spend on these? <laughs> I know. That's what I would say. We could have like, paid. Don't rent. give me flowers. <laughs> we could have paid a car payment. <laughs> 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 like they're gonna just die in a day or two. But I do have 
somewhere, who knows where, a large Bible that someone gave us when we got married, like one of those old-fashioned, big, hardback Bibles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the picture of Jesus on the front and all that. Um, somewhere I have that from a, as a wedding gift, and I put in it the first uh, rose that he got me as we, when we were married. Oh, that's so cool. And so you smacked it I up I smashed it in the book. It's Good. smashed there somewhere. And then our wedding roses that I carried, um, my bouquet that I carried, are dried. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were wrapped around a Bible, and those are dried. What I time are you going to be home so you know when you get these roses? I want you to make sure you're home when you get the roses. Do not... Spend. I mean, with tax, it's going to come to no, about no, no, 150 no, no, no. bucks. Yeah. Oh my nope. gosh! Nope. Take me out to a nice dinner instead. Yeah, I think I accidentally paid by Apple Pay. Uh oh. Okay, I'm looking. I don't see any of the bad meanings. I'm looking under meanings of rose oh. colors, but it's like I don't. Well, see- white is for someone who's passed. You 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 flat white roses are for someone who's passed. Well, I'm having to redo my microphone. Here. I swear, yellow means like. No, I believe you. I don't it? like you. Pink See, is, I'm not seeing Pink that. is I want to be your friend. Red is I love you. That is what I was grown up with. And we had a thing in junior high, like student council would sell roses around Valentine's Day, and you would buy that particular color, like if I like you, I love you, I want to be your friend. That's the See, okay, colors. the couple of things I'm looking at, it says a black rose means it signals major change and new beginnings, which may inspire the confidence and courage of hope. See, I'm not getting any of the bad ones. And what did you say the other bad one was? Like oh, I just always up. heard yellow was bad. Yeah, okay. And this is or it was like the I color just... of the sun and warmth, the symbol of cheerfulness oh, and shut friendship. Up. No, I'm looking at that right here. Okay. I, I'll see if I get there. I can't remember. I think okay. I have a fun fact. Okay, okay. Good. The first heart-shaped box of chocolates was introduced in 1861. Can you imagine that? That's a long, that's a long time ago. I can't believe that that's long like ago. It was created by Richard Cadbury. Oh, yes. Son of Cadbury founder John Cadbury, mm-hmm. who started packaging chocolates in a... I mean, these people were genius back then. And rich. Um, who started packaging chocolates in fancy boxes to increase sales. I mean, they're just their same old chocolates, but hey, let's put them in a heart-shaped box. Exactly. They'll sell like crazy. He introduced the first heart-shaped box of chocolates for V-Day in 1861. And today, more than 36 million... Heart-shaped boxes of chocolates are sold each year. That's 58 million pounds of chocolate. That's a lot of chocolate. That's a lot of chocolate. See, I used to take Karen to the Russell Stover place. On that the, place is amazing. And the 15th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when you go get but chocolate. But, I mean, it's there all the time. But <laughs> well, I know, but when you go on the 15th. Shaped, right. The yeah. heart-shaped stuff on the 15th, oh. dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. Dirt cheap. Um conversation hearts okay so this was an issue this year every year we are procrastinators and we go buy our children's their valentines that they're going to send out to their friends at school the little boxes of valentines oh, right 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 the school valentines we go buy them the day before valentine's or the day before the party maybe two days if, yeah, we're, if sure. we're doing good that year two days <laughs> and they're still you know they're they're picked over, but there's still plenty to pick from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not this year mm. we went on Wednesday. Okay, Valentine's Day was on Monday, today. Today. Last Wednesday, we went and... That was like six days ago. Five days, yeah. Yeah, like uh, there was no school Valentine's left. Like very, very limited. So we just picked what we could find. Um, And then I had... We went back Friday 
um, to pick up just a couple more things. Oh, and our daughter was supposed to bring three boxes of the conversation hearts. We all know what the conversation hearts are. The oh, little yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, chalky heart yeah. shape Ugh. with little messages on them. Okay, she those. was supposed to bring three boxes for her class. Those were nowhere to be found. And now we tried ordering those last Monday, a week ago. Wow. We tried ordering some off when we placed our Walmart grocery order, and they were out of stock. And then we searched, of course, all over now Walmart. that's crazy. And then we went to Target. Here's the funny thing. Friday, three days before Valentine's Day, Target had already moved all of their Valentine's stuff to one little tiny area, and their whole seasonal section was Easter. Three days before. I know they move it to Easter the day of, or maybe the night before, but three days before, Walmart and Target both had put up Valentine's and had moved on to Easter. You have to know that in August, they're going to start putting up Halloween stuff. I mean, I, I, but it's like, at least give us till the day of. There's going to be procrastinators. Well, I mean, but if they had sold out of stuff, they probably said, okay, everybody's got their stuff. Yeah, let's just move on. I mean, but I don't know. But used to, you could go the day before and you could still find something. Sure. Heck, you could go the day of and still find something. That's like Christmas something. Eve. You could go Christmas Eve and find stuff still. But I mean, there's like no, 25 million people the there. The Walmart but, yeah. seasonal section was no longer that, Valentine's oh. on Friday. It was Easter. And we did not find any boxes of conversation hearts anywhere. We went to Target and we found bags of sweet tart conversation hearts. They weren't the same thing, but we found them. You had to bring something. But I had so many parents on my Facebook posting that they could not find Valentine's. They went Sunday to get their kids Valentine's. you you would think. And there was none. Yeah, there's down there. So, I mean, this isn't typically the case. I'm like, I know you're procrastinating, but there's still usually plenty to pick from. Right. Something to pick from. Right. There was nothing this year. Ugh. All right, so here we go. Okay. Conversation hearts. They got their start as a medical lozenge. Ah. Weirdly enough, the story of conversation hearts first began when a Boston pharmacist named Oliver Chase invented a machine that simplified the way medical lozenges used for sore throats and other illnesses could be made. The result was America's first candy-making machine. Because the pharmacist soon started shifting his focus from making lozenges to candy instead... Chase founded the New England Confectionery Company, or what we know it as today as... Mecco. Oh, wow. How did you know that? And they... You can still find all that Necco stuff here oh, in Oh, they still Branson make Necco. At uh, Dick's, Dick's Five, Five and Dime. Dime. What do they call their Necco... Uh, they're oh, like chalky. They're like wafers. Yeah, what are they? They're little candy wafers. I'll have to Google that, see what it is. But cause... I mean, I think you can find Necco anywhere, though. But mm, the candy lozenges, you know, went out the door and they made the first candy making machine. But yeah, ne- Necco. Necco wafer rolls is what they are. Yeah, they're a little roll of like circle, little sweet tartish. They're not as chalky as the conversation hearts. The Neccos no. are good. Neccos are good. They're sweet. You've well, had they, I don't like the Neckos. I mean, they're not something you crave, but they're okay. But you, you see those like the after dinner mint type of things. Like, like you go to these little parties or things and you have these little dishes. I don't see them as that chalky. Ew, I think they're chalky. I think they're good. That's just me. Well, Necco closed abruptly in 2018. Oh, they did? What? And, uh, did someone buy them? Everybody was without Necco. Candy, 
hearts. Is that went, why we can't find conversation that's hearts? Why candy hearts went Maybe. down? There was one year we didn't have candy hearts, and that was in 2018. What? Since then, they've been Wild. purchased by Spangler Candy Company, which is now launching the uh, company's comeback. Corey's breaking the table. Spangler. Here. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of Spangler. I've heard of Necco. I mean, I was shocked that we couldn't find... Con- those are one of those things where they mass produce, mm-hmm. and there's tons of them, and even if you go the day of Valentine's Day, they're going to be there because nobody likes them that much. Uh, right. <laughs> but no one can find them. And actually, her teacher sent out a message a couple of days before Valentine's saying, you know, don't worry if you can't find them. She posted a couple of places that had them. First of all, she was like, hey, CVS has them. Oh, okay. Then everybody goes there. <laughs> but right. I mean, they were gone very quickly. And oh then God. she was sending out a message late last night saying, if anybody has extra Valentine's, send them. Otherwise, we will make home, you know, we will make Valentine's. Because there was kids that couldn't find them. Oh, my gosh. People that waited. I mean, we went on Wednesday. We went in plenty of time. That's plenty of time. And we were limited. So can you imagine people that went on Friday or Saturday? There was nothing. Nothing. So. That is way too bizarre. It was weird. It was a weird year. Well, anyway. It wasn't until 1866 that we first got sweet printed messages on the conversation hearts. Oh, that's sweet. It was Oliver's brother, Daniel Chase, who started printing sentimental messages on the Neko Sweethearts. Though these candies were bigger than the versions we have today and featured much longer printed sayings and phrases. Some of the very first messages, you ask? Yeah. What were the, some of the first messages? <laughs> Married in white, you have chosen oh, right. no! Uh, another one was, how long shall I have to wait? Please be considerate. <laughs> I'm sorry, those sound so bad. Those are horrible messages. I mean, now you know. Okay, let's. More than eight billion conversation hearts are manufactured each year now. Okay. Okay. Neko had to start making them just days after February 14th to be able to have enough for the next Valentine's Day. Um, that's almost a hundred thousand pounds per day. They have to start making them the day after Valentine's Day, and they have to make 100,000 pounds per day to be able to have enough for the next Valentine's, which they're not even Neko anymore, so Mm -mm, who mm -mm. knows. Um, The popular sayings today are, true love, hug me, you rock, be mine. A lot simpler. Better than if you marry someone in white. Right. Anyway, but you can personalize your own, too. Did you know that? Did you know you can order your own? I have not yet had this done for me. No. What's the point? I've not had anyone order specialized conversation hearts. So I'm sure you could have me. them. It's like, oh, you know. for weddings. I mean, you can get them that would say Corey and Shara or whatnot. But what, I, I've not ever had anyone do that for me. I'm no. just saying. Right, 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 right. But um, if, you, if you wanted to know, if you have any old conversation hearts laying around, they have a shelf life of at least five years. <laughs> at least. I was going to say like 15. <laughs> At least five years. <laughs> they could go longer. <laughs> At least five so years, exactly. if you find any old ones laying around, they're good to go. Good to go. Um, nearly six million couples get engaged on Valentine's Day. 
I million. Mean, oh, that's too many. What better day is there for a marriage proposal than a day literally dedicated to love and romance? Valentine's Day is one of the most popular days to pop the question, with as many as six million couples getting engaged on February 14th. And according to the results of the survey, Valentine's Day was voted the best day of the year to propose than any other day. And of those people who voted, 40% were men. Of course. Because they know everything. Women would be yeah, like, okay. please don't val- please don't do it on Valentine's Day because that's so cliche. <laughs> please don't text me. <laughs> but anywho, I have had several friends post today that this was the day they got engaged. So there you go. My parents got in- my parents got married the day after Valentine's Day. Okay, well, cheaper. cheaper. I was gonna say. I mean, well, I know that's actually smart. <laughs> go buy all the. Ch- anyway, they got married the day after Valentine's Day, but they did have a red and pink wedding. Oh. Their bridesmaids were like pink and red. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's another story for another time. Okay. Uh, Lovebirds <laughs> oh, are tweet, actual tweet, tweet. birds. Yeah. Your mother would know this. She's yes. a bird aficionado. She is. While the term lovebirds has become a popular figure of speech, it's also the common name. I am going to butcher this for sure. Okay. Ag- Agapernus. 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 Ag- bird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this bird is a type of parrot. It is native to the continent of Africa and be found throughout the eastern and southern regions. The animals typically travel in pairs, which uh-huh. is why many couples are referred to as lovebirds. Oh. Oh. I'm almost done. Hang in there. Yeah, mm. lots today, yeah. William Shakespeare uh-huh. inspired a tradition. I mean, of course, come on. What was a better romantic writer than William Shakespeare? Yeah, Stephen King. I mean, all of his people died, but whatever. Yeah. Writing <laughs> <laughs> letters to Juliet. Oh. And this was actually based on a movie I recently watched. And I'm. it's probably called Letters to Juliet, but I don't remember. But anyway... Um, Letters to Juliet has become a Valentine's Day tradition for many and even inspired... Oh, here we go. The 2010 film Letters to Juliet. Ah. Yes, I just watched it recently. Around Valentine's Day, thousands of letters are sent to Verona, Italy, addressed to the Romeo and Juliet character, Juliet Capulet. These love letters to Juliet are filled with emotion, passion, and in many cases, heartbreak. And there's also a wall... There in Verona, where you can go and post your letter. You go put people travel to Verona, Italy, and put their letter on this wall. Okay. There is a group of volunteers called Juliet's Secretaries. Oh. They read through each and every letter. No way. And I, this is part of the movie. There is a group of women that go every day and collect the letters. And then the letters that are mailed to them, and they read through every single letter. And That's they, crazy. They write responses to these letters, and they pick a winner. Okay. Of the Cara Julieta, which translates to "Dear Juliet" uh-huh. in English. Okay. Prize. The winner gets to visit Juliet's home in Verona, and attend a special ceremony. So if you have that heartfelt letter that you just don't know who to say it to, write it down and mail it to Dear Juliet in Verona, Italy. And And they'll think Romeo like wrote it. They will 
answer you back one and you could win a prize could win could get to go visit Juliet's. all right i've taken up a lot of time so i'm done that's all i have i think i would honestly write a letter to the storm prediction center and ask if i can have another tour I've toured them. Have you toured the SPC? Nope. Like which one? Like is there more than there should be more than one? No, right? in Norman. Oh, that's but there's what. Like other storm prediction centers, right? No, no. there's only one in well, the whole country. Well, no, no, there was a long time ago. I'm embarrassed that you don't know that. Yeah, one in the entire See, country. It's Valentine's Day, and your husband is embarrassed. Okay, one, one storm prediction center in the entire country for there's storms in other parts of the country. That's for another podcast. You, you you need to actually you know train her on this. So anyway. Storm Prediction Center only issues watches, okay, and convective I'm, outlooks. I'm here and, to look. and and they have other things too, but they don't issue warnings. That's <clears throat> the National Weather Service office, I'm which here to look is pretty. all over the country. <laughs> but the Storm Prediction Center, which is formerly NSSL from Kansas City, they used to be in Kansas City, Stop but now they moved to Norman, the Missouri. Now they changed their name to the Storm Prediction Center. And they issue convective outlooks on a daily can. basis up to eight days in advance. Now they didn't used to do that. Now they issue, well, they've always issued watches. Continue on. Corey, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, tell us how you really feel, honey. No, Corey, nailed it. I'm confused. See, this is why I like having Corey how on the How many times have I told you all I know nothing about whether I'm here to look pretty? That's nothing to do with weather. I'm really. here to provide comedic Relief and fun facts and fun facts. There you go. That's the whole idea. That have nothing to do with weather. (laughs) But you know what? You actually do have something. It's feeling a little stormy in my house tonight. But you do have a little thing to do with weather because it's the weather word of the week. You get to give the weather word. No, you'll know it. I forget every week. forget this how many years have you been how doing how many years have i been doing this and i still forget to look at the word no sheet. that's it this is easy so share <laughs> you do fun facts and the weather word of the week i can so, do wordle but these oh words God, of the week they throw me so share what is this week stormed our weather weather word of the week aurora australis close enough Australis. Australis. Yeah. I'm thinking Aurora Borealis, Australis. Yeah, yeah Aurora Australis. So the what is- Aurora Australis is an aurora that occurs in Earth's southern hemisphere near the Antarctic Circle, also referred to as the Southern Lights. Right. What? Yeah. I only knew there was Northern Lights. That's the Aurora Borealis. I didn't know there was two. There are two because of the magnetic poles of the earth you have the north pole and you have the south pole and they do magnetic things together so yeah the aurora astralis well you learn something new there you go i think so so anyway and you're now shares trying to eat lemon cake and it's really not working but (laughs) what you got it all why don't you move it closer to you i thought i was gonna stay on my fork but it just started it's like Oh, my God. So, we've done (laughs) all the weather stuff, and it is now after 10.30. I'm for bed. So, Corey, uh, I know the GFS has reinitialized. Do we have anything different? No. Okay, same thing. Yeah. Really? It's kind of... It's going to rain. And then probably no snow or whatever. Now, the forecast grid that from the Springfield National Weather Service, they issue a forecast grid for specific cities around, took all snow out of Branson. 
Well, unless for it's good bad reason. Oh yeah, because it's the same. The same. I mean, the GFS is just yeah. taking it north of. I just I think everything. Yeah, I just think everything is going to. We're going to get more detailed information tomorrow. Um, and I was going to do a live cast tonight. It's like, eh, there's, there's, there's too much diversity going on. So I will probably do a live cast tomorrow evening. So we'll have to tune in for that. I don't know. It, again, it's like, is this going to be a big deal? I mean, if we get into a slight risk, which I would love to get into a slight risk because slight risk means their confidence is high enough. We're going to get like a severe storm somewhere. And it's approaching the area now. Uh, all of southern Missouri, southeast Kansas, northeast Oklahoma uh, is in a marginal <coughs> risk for severe weather. We'll see when that comes out. I mean, the the new GFS is looking good and stormy, but yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's just keep going. It has that freezing line, freezing rain up way way up by Kansas City. This is us. Is that, new, is that new data? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, so, it still looks the same. It's pretty pretty the same. It's it's what we call bullish. If you get a model that retains their uh, uh, solution run after run, it's, we call that bullish. So that should be a weather word of the week. I'll do that next week. Well, now I know how to say it. Well, that's easy. I'll spell it in Korean. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak Korean. <laughs> anyway, it's. I hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. We do have a midweek storm coming up. We're going to be watching it. Um, do you have any, guys have anything else to add before we wrap this thing? I'm up? done. You have fun facted and weather worded I'm out. Fun facted you all. <laughs> and weather worded. All right. Well, it's probably time to wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather 